Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Amen. All right. You guys can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? Warm? Yeah. Well, I um, looked at the uh, extended forecast a few days ago, and I saw 68, 72, 95, 95, 70. Was God testing me? Like, what are we doing here? It's New England, right? So if you've recently moved here, welcome. So uh, um, I, 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 as we get to the few verses in, in Acts we're going to look at today, um, I, I got thinking about this last couple of weeks, especially um, different situations that um, I've interacted with people, and it's just reminded me how much pain there is, um, pain that can be caused by situations, pain that can be caused by others, um, but also pain that we cause ourselves. Sometimes we're our worst enemy, right? And, and um, the, the message today is just simply there is hope because that's Peter's message. We're going to look, just spend a little bit of time on the response to that sermon that Peter that we've seen in the last couple of weekends and there's this hope in turning from and turning toward. And I want to show you a video. A lot of you have seen this video before because I've shown it before. But I think it beautifully de- depicts the hope that there is in repentance. All right, let's watch that together. Lord, I come. Oh. 
response to Peter's sermon, they're cut to the heart, and they ask one of the most beautiful questions that any of us can ever ask, what do I do? What do we do? And the message is, there is hope. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today, um, all different places, not physically necessarily, but, but spiritually, and um, you know better than even we know. You know, we're we hurt where the pain is, where the joy is, where the excitement is, where the hope, where, where our hope is. And so, Lord, I, I just ask that you would meet each and every person here or where we're at, including me, with your avalanche of grace. And also pray for our kids downstairs and babies downstairs. Bless them as well. They're just as much. They're the next generation. I pray that they would know the truth of your gospel and you would save them early and lead them in a path of righteousness. Bless us as we look to your word. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. All right, it's hot, so let's get to it, all right? If you um, have a Bible, you can open to Acts chapter 2, verse 37, where we, where we left off. Um, remember, Peter just given this, this probably besides Jesus' sermons, the most famous sermon ever. The Sermon at Pentecost. But it all began with Jesus ascending and giving them the, the mission. I want you to tell the ends of the earth that there's hope. There is hope, right? So before, you're going to need to be able to do this impossible mission. To make it possible, you're going to have to be filled with the Spirit. So go to Jerusalem, wait. And they did, and they prayed. And then we saw the filled with the Spirit, and there's miraculous things happening. And, and, and so at, at the feast in Jerusalem, thousands of people gather to see what's going on, and Peter gets up and he preaches. But he didn't give them a little soft little sermon to make them feel better about their lives, right? He started with, this Jesus is the Messiah, the one sent from God, and you killed him. How's that for an opener? And then he closed it, right? Or, or, or came to the end of our, our, you know, the main portion of his message with, you were responsible for Jesus being on the cross. Like, like, that is a tough sermon. But the Spirit moved, and not everyone responded well, but there were many who did. And it says in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What do we do? Like, I... I, I um, 
I bring you to that phrase, cut to the heart. Have you ever been cut to the heart? Like, not physically, you'd be dead, right? But like, just cut. What cut to the heart means is you realize you've really messed up and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, you just, oh, you can't even breathe sometimes because of it. I remember uh, growing up, really my entire, uh, until I left and moved out of the house, um, I shared a room with my older brother, Dan, who comes to church. I'll have you know Dan, four years older than me. Um, and when I say I shared a room, it means I was allowed to sleep in my brother's room, all right? And that's what happened. So, so uh, that, that, uh, one day, and I was probably seven, eight years old, I don't know, maybe a little older. I'd like to think I was young because I was so dumb, wait to hear it. Um, and, and I was, my, my younger cousin Ryan, he, he came over, we would play. We were like boys, if you have young boys, uh, you know, how bad we can get as far as rough, right? And um, we, we were going to play this game in, in my brother's room. Um, and I didn't even realize or notice this, but my dad was painting our bedroom. And he, my dad, if you know my dad, he's meticulous, right? He doesn't just go, oh, let's just paint, right? He, he has to, to put caulking over every single little tack hole, right? Um, and we, you know, we, meaning my brother, had lots of posters and all that. And so, so he, he did that. He sanded it down. So, so at this stage, he's probably going to paint it in the, the, at the weekend or something like that. This stage, our, our bedroom had just ca- all kinds of these white caulking sanded spots, right, all over the wall. And, uh, of course, I didn't notice. And we turned the lights off. And it was evening time. My parents were downstairs. We turned the lights off, and we began playing this game where we're, uh, I don't really know what it was. We're just jumping from bed to bed and slamming into walls and each other and everything else, right? Awesome fun. Who wants to play? It's awesome, right? And, yeah, yeah I know. And, and so we were doing this. Great. It probably sounded, if you're parents and you've heard, especially boys, but really any kids, playing upstairs. It sounds like your whole roof is caving in. And I'm sure that's what it sounded like downstairs. And, and it was nighttime, so we couldn't see. We're crash, crash. And then all of a sudden, my brother walked in. And to this day, he doesn't really know why he did this. He turned on the light. First of all, we were annoyed us. And we're like, what are you doing? And he, he doesn't know why it popped out, but he, he started pointing to the walls, going, look what you guys did. You've, you've ruined the walls. And we look up, and we see all these white spots everywhere. And I'm, it's the first time I'd seen it. like noticed it, and I'm like, cut to the heart. What have we done? Because, I mean, I, a lot of you have met my dad. Wouldn't replace my dad with any dad in the world. Love him. As a kid, sometimes he had a little temper. We called it the dry, fixing the dryer mood. I don't know if you dads have that. Like when he fixed it. I don't know why our dryer was always broken, but it was. And he'd be fixing it, and you stayed clear, right, because it didn't go well. So you could get him a little upset. And, and so I'm thinking, my dad is going to kill us. I don't know how in the world, in 10 minutes of roughhousing, we've done this to the walls, but we have. And so I'm cut to the heart, and I'm like, and my brother, he was frozen when he realized the next thing I was about to do, because he couldn't believe I believed him in this, because that's what older brothers do. I, I go running downstairs. I got to tell him. I got to tell him. I got to confess, right? And, and, and my cousin Ryan's like, oh, gosh, I'm going to jump out the window. I'm going to get out of here, right? And my brother was just frozen thinking, because he knows where this is going to lead. Who's really going to get in trouble when it's all found out? Um, but I go running down. I'm still, I can barely breathe. I'm like, Dad, he's on his chair kind of half asleep. Dad, Dad, what? We ruined the walls. He gets up out of his chair. What? We ruined the walls. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, because I couldn't, what was I going to do? Paint it? I was like, 
probably 15, but I like to think I was like eight. And, 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 and so he, he goes running up the stairs. What did you do? Right? Running, I'm running behind him. I'm like, he's going to kill us. My brother's squeezing into the closet trying not to be seen, right? And he comes running in, and he's like, what? Where? I'm like, look, we ruined the walls. What are you talking about? All that white stuff. And I blacked out after that. I don't know exactly what happened. Except I do know, I think my brother just got out of groundation last week. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's finally not grounded and he's 50 uh, or so. And, and, and yet, I, I didn't actually do anything wrong, I don't think. But boy, when I thought I had, I was cut to the heart. Anytime you have been in that situation where you're like, I have screwed this up and there's, I, I can't do anything. It's a it's a terrible place to be, but it's beautiful too. Because when you, don't, you finally realize, I, I don't have the answer, right? You can turn to who does. And that's going to be the message. They're like, what do we do? We did blow it. That is, you're right, Peter. Is this it for us? We're just going to be led to, to judgment? And, and he says, no, there's, there's hope. Look at how Peter responds. It says, he said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So his answer is this, repent. Now, I'm going to talk in a few minutes what, what repentance means, and it gets a bad rap, that word, okay? But for, for now, just picture it with me. Repent does not mean you're just sorry for your sin. That's a good place. A lot of people are sorry for what they do. They just keep doing it, right? Okay, repentance is not sorry you got caught either. You know those press conferences? I'm really sorry if what I said offended you. In other words, I don't think it was that bad, but hey, if you're sensitive, you know. It's, it's, uh, repentance is not sorry that the punishment's bad. Man, this is going to be terrible right? That, that's not, repentance means to turn from and to turn toward. To turn, this is my mess. What do I do? You're right, Peter. What do we do? Right? You can repent. You can turn from it by faith and then you turn toward the grace found in Jesus Christ because he died for that sin. And he died in your place and he rose in victory over that sin and there's no sin that's greater than the cross and therefore you can find God's mercy, grace, and love if you would just leave that behind and go towards him. So he says, repent and be baptized, right, in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism comes from a Greek word meaning that is called baptizo, which just means to dip or immerse in. And so it could be used in a lot of different ways in their language, but it became a religious symbol amongst the Jewish people. If you weren't uh, uh, an ethnic Jew, but you wanted to follow the true God and leave your old life behind, they would baptize you in, in water. They'd immerse you in water. And so for a Jew to hear this, and of course they had seen John the Baptist, he did a baptism of repentance, so, so some of them had done that as well. And he's saying, no, no, you need to be baptized in Christ. Because baptism is a picture. It doesn't save you, right? Let's be clear about that. The baptism of itself is a picture uh, of pronouncement and identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. That because he died, my old life of sin that I'm running from can die and be buried. And because he rose to new life, so can I. You come out of the water. And he says you're filled with the Spirit because when you come out of the water, that represents the new life. 
Like you're not in that life anymore. You're not going to do that. Like you're, you'll still have your struggles. You'll still have struggles with the flesh. But now you're sealed by the Spirit. You're, you're, you're uh, filled by the Spirit and dwelt with the Spirit. The Spirit justifies you. The Spirit gives you gifts and, and does these amazing things in your life that many of us could give testimony to. Right? He says, that's what's going to happen to you. There's hope. I wanted you cut to the heart so you could realize you need God. You can't keep trying this, uh, th- th- this uh, self-do religion. It's not working. You need God's grace. And that's only found in Christ. And so repent and be baptized. And he says in verse 39, for the promise is for you and for your children, meaning the next generation, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Right, so it's for you, but it's also for your kids. Next generation, next kids, 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 kids. And here we are. How many years later, same message, same hope, same grace, same Christ, same God. Right, so, so the hope, and, and what I love that phrase, for those who are far off. I want you to love that. The gospel is not for those who are close, those who are trying really hard. Those who are doing their best to be moral and go to church and do all that. No, 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 no. The gospel is for Zacchaeus, right? The guy in the tree who everyone hated because he was a rebel and he was a sinner and a tax collector. And Jesus said, I'm having lunch with you today, right? That, that's who it's for. If you're, the further you are away, the greater the grace is displayed in your life, right? It's, he's going to say, this is a message for those who are far away. Because the further away you are, the more you know you need God. You finally die and come to the end of your own. If I just do, and if I just have, and if I just clean this up, and if I, if I, repenting means I'm gonna, in my strength. No, 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 no. He says what? He says God calls you to himself. Here's why I never say try uh, a relationship with Christ. Try salvation with Christ. No, no, no. If God's calling you, I know nothing's gonna stop it. And it's, it's weird how that works. God calls you to himself, and yet you still need to repent and believe. There's far smarter people that have tried to explain how that works. It just does. That you can trust that God calls you to himself, but you have to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And it starts with the faith of repentance. And then he, he concludes it this way, where actually Luke does. Watch this. And with many other words, Peter bore witness and continue to exhort them. So I love that, right? Some people be like, hey, Jamie, why you preach so long? I mean, Peter was pretty quick. No, 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 no. Many other words, all right? He just didn't, couldn't record them all. So don't get on my case. All right. He continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked or perverse generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Imagine that. Man. I mean, there's a place. Here's the thing, though. There's some people that were there, they didn't receive its word. They didn't receive the truth. They had excuses, just like some of us. They had the blame game, not my fault. My mess is my fault. I didn't do it, not me. But there was 3,000 that said, what do we do? I want to know what, uh, what crowd are you? Are you someone who has said, what do I do? and turn to Christ to you someone that's still making excuses or trying your own performance in life. And I just would, would invite you to let go. Let go. Because repentance, right, is, is just bring you back what he said. Peter said to them, repent. And I just want to tell you, repent is a beautiful word. 
It gets a bad rap. You picture like the crazy guy outside of Fenway, repent, right? Or the, or the red-faced preacher, you're going to hell, repent. I want you to see, uh, repentance, repentance sounds more like this. Repent and come and experience grace like you've never experienced before. Repent and, and sit in the mercy that God has for you. Repent and feel a love for your soul you never thought possible. Repent and see restoration. Repent and see healing. Repent and come to where God made you to be. Does that sound like an ugly word? Repentance is like this. I want you to picture we're in a, a, a busy city area, okay? And uh, this little girl is sitting outside of a store where her parents are in. And her parents were very precise. Sit out here, honey. We're going to be right back. Don't, and they've told her many times, especially her father, don't go with strangers, right? crazy strangers, or someone who tries to get, just stay here, wait for us. But then this guy comes along with a balloon in his hand. Balloon, right? And he says to the little girl, honey, come with me. Come with me. And she stands up. Why would I do I don't know if I... And he said, because right over there, I have a bunch of puppy dogs you can pet. <gasps> Suddenly, she's like, puppy dogs. I love puppy dogs. So she kind of forgets, right, what her parents said. And takes his hand, and she's kind of getting excited. I could pet a bunch of puppy dogs. And he goes, and guess what? On the way, we'll get your favorite ice cream. <gasps> I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big balloon guy, but puppy dogs and ice cream, I'm in. So this little girl takes his hand. She's excited. Puppy dogs, ice cream, right? Like balloon. Like, this is amazing. But as she's walking, she starts to remember her dad's voice. Don't go with strangers. It's dangerous. Don't listen. It's da-. And, and she's thinking, yeah, but daddy doesn't know. Like puppy dogs, ice cream. And you and I know that's a road to destruction, maybe even death. So as she's walking, she starts to feel more and more like, I don't know if I think I should be doing this. Starts to remember her dad's voice. And she looks over to the side, right, and there giving a parking ticket is a police officer. And she remembers her dad saying, you can always get help with the police officer. And so she's like, I don't know, maybe there's puppy dogs and ice cream, maybe, but, but my dad, and then she just turns, right, and she takes her hand out of his, and she runs, but she doesn't just run away, because he could go get her, stronger, he's faster, he could entice her to still come, no, 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 she runs away and toward the police officer. She leaps into his arms, and suddenly the police officer doesn't even know what's going on, has this little girl like this, he looks up, and this Creepy guy with a balloon begins to sprint the other way because he ain't messing with that police officer. And eventually she ends up back in her daddy's arms. That is repentance. It's a turning away from something, the what do I do, the mess, and turning toward him and him alone who can save me. But the thing is, see, because often we think, I, I want you to know, God is not an angry old curmudgeon who doesn't want you to have fun. Do you know that? The things you delight in, right, like, I mean, the good things you delight in, he created good food, good uh, drink, good uh, laugh with friends, sex, marriage. God created them all, right? But he also said, hey, don't go there. That is not puppy dogs and ice cream. There's destruction there. There is death 
found there, come over here. That's not a curmudgeon. That's someone who loves you enough to say, trust me, I'm God. I created it all. I know what you need and what you should stay away from. But we love to get enticed to go down that road God said not to. But here's the beautiful thing. If you're there today, you can say, I got to run. I got to run from it, but don't just run from it and say, I'm going to clean it up myself. You'll end up right back there. You run from it and you run towards him. And so maybe you've never done that, right? For the first time, you just need to say, I've come to an end of trying to do it on my own. All of us who are Christians in the room, we were there. We were there. I don't know why you want me, Lord Jesus, but you got me. This could be your time. Repent. Like, like I know we try to soften it and accept Jesus in your heart. No, 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 no. Repent and believe. Right? Because that's what's needed. And here's the thing. If you are, I know we got a lot of Christians in the room, right? Including me. Did you know repentance is for us too? The first three chapters of Revelation has the word repent like eight or nine times. I forget how many. And you know the first three chapters of Revelation is Jesus talking to the churches. Seems like church folk need to repent too. I know I do. Right? Because even I'm not saying you get saved again. They're not going to lose that. God has you. I'm just saying we still, even in the spirit, even all that, we still get enticed by puppy dogs and ice cream. Right? We still get enticed by, well, God, if I just, once I get this squared away, I'll, I'll do it your way. Right? Once I fill in the blank, I'll do it your way. I'll trust you. And, and we're going down, and I'm just saying, maybe for you today, you're just cut to the heart. It's just like, repent and run back. Like, he's not going, hmm, you again, Jamie? Really? I'd probably do that if I were him. But not God in his overwhelming grace and mercy and love. He is so pleased when his children repent and come back. And so repentance is a beautiful word. But remember, repentance from sin is believing in Christ. It is from somewhere toward someone. So what I want to do is um, give you an opportunity if God's cut you to the heart. And if not, don't just sit there and be bored. Pray for someone. Right? Pray for someone. And I want to warn you, after I'm done, I got like three or four more minutes. So you're going to be like, oh, I thought this was the end of the sermon, right? And I want you to do that. Don't get mad at me. Not long, three or four minutes. But I want to give us this opportunity right here and now to do work with God. So um, wherever you are, if you can, if you're not lassoing children or anything like that, close your eyes without sleeping. Breathe. And if you've never, ever before truly repented and believed in Christ, I invite you to do it. There's no magical prayer or formula. It's faith. So pray something like this, but it can be your own words. Father, Lord, God, I have sinned. I've rebelled and made a mess. God, I want to turn to Jesus. Help me to run from my sin and shame and into the arms of your salvation. Jesus, I believe you died for me. You rose in victory over sin and death and I lay my yes of faith down at your feet. Save me, Lord Jesus. And if you did that, 
Let us help you on your journey. Keep coming. Let us help you. We love you. We want want to equip you to live this new life that God gave you. But first, before I, I, I finish this message, I want to give the opportunity for Christians, if you feel cut to the heart or maybe you have about something in your life you know is not where God wants you, this is an opportunity. Pray something like this. Father, God, I repent of my sin. You fill in the blank what it is. Be specific. If it's more than one thing, be specific. Name them. I repent of this. And by faith, I am running from it and to you. Give me the strength, Lord, to cut it out of my life. Surround me, Lord, with people to help me and encourage me. Father, refresh me in grace. Thank you for loving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Promise you three or four more minutes, maybe less. Peter said something else. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, and I know many of us have, to be baptized. And we got lots of different denominations, lots of different thoughts on baptism, and, we're all, and all believers are going to be in heaven, all right? So I'm not arguing that. I just want to invite you, if you've never had the opportunity, if you've been a Christian for a long time, to be baptized, to picture your faith. Not what your parents did when you were young. I'm glad they wanted faith for you. I'm talking about you. Whether you just prayed that prayer, you're like, yeah, but I don't really know anything yet. (laughs) That's not what this is. Baptism is synonymous with faith, saving faith. We have a few people that want to be baptized. We'll probably have one coming up at some point soon. So let me know. That's you. Listen, I know it's like, well, I don't really like being in front of people. That, nobody does, right? Except for me, you know? Like, it's one of the top two fears. There's death and, you know, talking in front of people, right? Or, oh, I don't really want to get wet in front of it. Look, if you're unwilling to do that, to be in front of a bunch of people who love you and are weeping with joy, Man, there's going to be other things that God calls you to do that you're going to be unwilling to do. A step of obedience, and I can't even explain to you until you do it, what God will do in your heart when you get baptized. Like, raise your hand if you've been baptized, and beforehand you were kind of like, I'm not really sure why I'm doing this, but I'm just going to do it. And afterwards, you just knew, wow, this is why. Go ahead, raise your hand. It's almost everyone has been baptized. So just invite you to do it. Let me know. Um, call me, message me, see me after, or see one of our staff or someone else, and, and uh, we'll get it done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that we'd fill that tank in the next year with well over 50 people. Lord, we'd love for more than 100 people that are truly in Christ, that truly want you and want your plan for their life. Father, refresh those who are sitting in pain or depression, who need healing. Overwhelm your people with your love and grace and mercy. Let us leave here, God, to, be, to know there's hope in your name. There's hope with whatever trial, whatever hardship, there's hope in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for courage for those who who are desiring to run from something towards you. Give them courage. Give them people to help them. Surround them with your your angels. 
Don't let the enemy win, Lord. We know you have the victory, but we want all of the victory for you. Let your glorious name be praised, Lord Jesus. In your name, we worship, we believe, and we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand and sing together?